0: Hey, it's Gonzano I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more, and leave us some feedback. Away we go.
1: Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast. A production of John Konzano's Baldface Truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the Baldface Truth with John Konzano on 750 The Game.
0: Our next guest is the premier reporter on the Arizona State beat. He covers football, he covers basketball, he covers all things Sun Devils. Hode Rubino is the publisher of Devil's Digest. The schedule came out yesterday, Hode, uh, Arizona State, schedule front-loaded. Um, you know, I tried to tip you off about this in print, writing about it, but what was uh, your reaction as, as you saw the schedule?
1: Yeah, well, it was, uh, you know, pretty smooth. I mean, folks knew there was going to be eight home games, so that wasn't, um, you know, any uh, really shocking news or anything like that. And you uh, broke the news yesterday about um, having uh, really front-loaded in the month of September. That's the point where, where some fans were uh, disappointed, if not flat-out mad. But, uh, look, I mean, when you have eight home games, I mean, there's going to be one month that's going to be uh, off-kilter in terms of how many home games you're going to have. And... You know, when you look at uh, November, when he got those back-to-back uh, road games um, at Utah and at UCLA, and then he got Oregon at home, um, I think uh, building some equity, so to speak, with a lot of those home games in September, October can can really come in handy when he got a murder's row in November. So that's that's my take.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of enthusiasm for Kenny Dillingham from my viewpoint. Can you know you you were there, you saw the introductory news conference, you can you mm-hmm. can feel the electricity. I think this schedule kind of compounds it because if I'm an Arizona State fan, I'm looking at the schedule going, "Hey, outside of that SC game in Week Four, it looks like it's set up for like a nice start. Like I wouldn't be surprised at four and two or five and one out of the gates."
1: Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely agree. And uh, somebody brought up an excellent point, uh, saying, "Too bad this is a schedule that's happening in a rebuilding year uh, for Kenny Dillingham, rather than." maybe a season down the road where Kenny Dillingham has such an established roster that's legitimately going for a Pac-12 championship, maybe even beyond that. But uh, nonetheless, uh, like you said, if you can build momentum and confidence early on with all those home games, um, you, you really can maybe have some uh, momentum that can re- that, that can really carry on in, in, into the rest of the season. So honestly, um, as much as uh, you'd love to have, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, a front-loaded, a heavy uh, home game schedule uh, when you have a team that's absolutely uh, loaded, uh, embarrassment of riches in each and every um, position. On the other hand, if you're really rebuilding a program from the ground up, you're having uh, just about uh, 40 newcomers uh, on the roster, then maybe this uh, schedule that does allow you uh, just to feel more comfortable and not really uh, leave uh, the confines of Tempe early on, let alone often, period, is uh really what uh, the doctor had, had ordered um and th- another thing that i do like about the schedule is the bye week comes right smack in the middle six games um you know pass and six games ahead of the, of the bye week so again i think in many ways that uh, this schedule does work out uh, re- really nicely for arizona state
0: we're talking to hode rubino who is the longest tenured sun devil beat writer devilsdigest.com uh, if you want to read uh, their work. Uh, you guys do a terrific job, by the way, Hode, and in, in covering Arizona State and in, in the conference as well. Um, the the Gill the Dillingham enthusiasm. You Agreed. were there, like he. You know, we made fun of him a little bit because he was very <laughs> emotional. Uh, but I get it. Like he's home. He wants to put a fence around that area, and he wants to recruit the state of Arizona. How has that gone over so far? Early in his tenure.
1: I think it, uh, it really has has gone as well as well as back. Now, I think realistically, uh, for him to try to reel in the uh, big fish in his backyard from the twenty twenty three class, that was really close to being mission impossible. Because as you know, any new coaching staff that, that does uh, come into place is already behind the eight ball with the current recruiting class because relationships have been established a year or two prior with uh, a lot of other schools. And obviously, when you have the uh, the four or five star uh, recruits, and you really have programs literally from coast to coast uh, coming coming into Maricopa County and uh, trying, trying to recruit those uh, players and doing so for a year, a year or two. But uh, I feel that uh, in the 24 class and really 25, 26 class, uh, he has definitely uh, done a great job early on identifying uh, those uh, in-state recruits that, that he wants to target in, the, in those classes. He had a brilliant um, idea to actually uh, utilize... A, um, a visit, uh, an unofficial visit, I should say, for the uh, 24, 25, 26 class, and actually conducted a scavenger hunt. Now, obviously, the caveat was the scavenger hunt had to be on campus, so you don't violate any recruiting rules, but nonetheless, you had a bunch of uh, in-state recruits uh, really enjoying uh, getting to know the campus, having fun, obviously having those natural competitive juices flow, and uh, then uh, at the end of the scavenger hunt, you had the quote-unquote more traditional uh, recruiting visit where you're sitting down with coaches. Maybe maybe watching films. We're uh, really really touring the facilities So it's not only that uh, he's uh, definitely uh, Putting some action behind his words, but that also he's being creative in the way he, he really goes about Targeting the insert recruits. I think has been uh, really really intriguing We'll find out uh, a couple of years from now if those efforts uh, have uh, really paid off for Arizona State and Kenny Dillingham
0: Yeah, you pointed out on your Twitter uh, devilsdigest.com dot com Twitter at Devil's Digest, uh, that Arizona State has had three 10-win seasons this century, and two of them took place in 2007-2013. Both of those yeah. years had eight-game home schedules. Uh, the Devils have got a eight-game home schedule again. Ten wins feels like a reach in year one, obviously, but <laughs> bowl eligibility, is that it's kind of the bar? Is that what, what Kenny Dillingham is chasing in year one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that uh, as much as Ken Dillingham it really is a true dreamer uh, when, when you hear him talk, when you hear him really set the goals that he has for Arizona State. I think it's realistic uh, knowing that uh, for this team to win six games, to be bowl eligible six and, and winning six uh, games, really be, be doubling the win total from last year. So that's definitely uh, measured progress over there. But uh, I really uh, feel that when you have uh, eight, eight home games, uh, and you have, let's say, you know, four road games, three of them very challenging at Washington, at Utah, UCLA, but you also have a game against Cal, which I think is a, a winnable contest. So I think that when you look at the totality of that campaign, winning just six games, I I really don't feel that it's something that's absolutely beyond the reach of of Kenny uh, Kenny Dillingham and uh, and uh, and this roster. So uh, I, I think absolutely that um, that would be the goal. I'm not saying that. Folks would throw parades uh, up and down Mill Avenue if Arizona State was bowl eligible at the end of the 2023 season. But, but nonetheless, in terms of just uh, baby steps, as long as they're baby steps in the right direction, I think uh, if you're Kenny Dillingham, that's what you really want for this program.
0: I looked up; I was at a restaurant the other day, and Herm Edwards was on the TV, and he was he was <laughs> talking about the NFL, and everybody was laughing, like you know. And he's just right back into character. How do Arizona State fans view Herm now, when you know, in the rearview mirror?
1: Yeah, I mean the reason I was laughing, John is because uh, I definitely heard from Arizona State fans that are de- that are cringing uh, when when Herm uh, Edwards is right now on on TV, uh, you know, but really breaking down the NFL, maybe talking about some topics that might hit just a little too close to home in terms of in terms of tenure at Arizona State. And look, I mean, it really was maybe an out-of-the-box idea by Athletic Director Ray Anderson uh, to bring the quote-unquote pro model. You bring Herm Edwards, you bring a bunch of coaches that either played or coached uh, in in the NFL, and you just create this environment that really would be attractive to recruits uh, because you definitely have that NFL credibility. Uh, your, Your biggest mantra would be, hey, we've been there, done that, the next level. why don't you you come play for Arizona State and we'll show you the way uh, to to achieving those goals of of playing on Sundays. But uh, I just feel that uh, ultimately when you give um, the same amount of respect and maybe less accountability for kids that are 22 years old as if they were full-grown men playing in the NFL, I think that's uh, basically a, a theory or I would say a philosophy that, that can really come back and bite you, and I think that's exactly what what, what really, really what happened with Arizona State. You also had uh, very ultra uh, aggressive uh, recruiting practices that obviously landed uh, ASU in an ongoing NCAA investigation, an investigation that unfortunately is going to result in penalties with uh, a, a coaching staff that all but one were um, you know were not even here in Tempe when all these uh, recruiting begins uh, went on, and you really kind of wonder when those sanctions do come down, how much does that impede the progress that Kenny Dillingham wants to instill in Tempe? But that's maybe a discussion for another day. But uh, the, the, to answer your question, John, uh, I am ASU fans are absolutely uh, not happy when they see Home Edwards uh, on, on, on their TV, on ESPN, and uh, wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them are just uh, changing the dial, so to speak, when that does take place. Yeah,
0: and, and the, you know, y- you touch on this, but the, the potential sanctions – they never feel fair to me. It always feels like people who had nothing to do with it get punished, and yeah. I, I, just, I'm encouraged a little bit because the NCAA is so toothless that maybe, maybe they don't, uh, they don't end up really coming down with the hammer here. But is everybody bracing, or you know, not sure what's going to happen? What's kind of the sentiment when it comes to that?
1: I think the encouragement, uh, John, that folks uh, feel over here is that Arizona State and let's let's call a spade a spade. Really offered four sacrificial lambs in terms of four assistant coaches that were dismissed uh, from the school just because of their involvement uh, with the with those uh, alleged uh, recruiting violations. So Arizona State basically would get information from the NCAA in some cases, really in the infancy of investigations. Uh, basically, hearing the NCAA tell them, "Look, we have." Overwhelming amounts of evidence on Coach X and Coach Y and Coach Z. Okay, it's up to you about what course of action you want to take at this point. But we're just presenting the evidence that we have to this point, and we may find more evidence down the road. And it really was not so much Athletic Director Ray Anderson, but University President Dr. Michael Crow that uh, decided to be proactive and to show uh, that uh, good faith effort, dismissing really three coaches within three days into full camp uh, back in 2021. And he thought that by by that action, that uh, this is something that when the sanctions do come down, that the NCAA would actually take that into consideration. And I know there's two schools of thoughts out there that one, are, one is saying, don't cooperate with the NCAA whatsoever because it's not going to pay off for you when, when it's time for that notice of allegation to come down and the subsequent sanctions. Another is saying, why not be the odd ball out, but maybe in a positive manner, where you actually are, are cooperating with the every, every step of the way, and you are showing that if I'm taking all these steps, which are you know really I, you call like self-imposed uh, sanctions and to, to some degree, uh, is that really going to help me down the road when the, when the, when the sanctions are are, are handed out? So. I think if there's any encouragement, uh, a um, a sign of hope that uh, folks in Tempe would have would be that. Now, I think that maybe the elephant in the room over here is, okay, if you're Arizona State and you took all those actions in terms of dismissing coaches, why did you not take a um, uh, self-imposed postseason ban prior to the 2022 season when you knew that this program was going nowhere? I mean, Herm Edwards actually did want to uh, leave back in spring of uh, 2022 because the mess was just absolutely undeniable and really too much to take. And you hope that maybe when it comes to the specific punishment of a postseason ban, that this doesn't come uh, back to bite Arizona State for not being proactive in that matter. But again, um, I think that there's any uh, really chance of hope, chance of leniency from the is the fact that Arizona State uh, did dismiss uh, pretty much uh, half of its staff just because of the NCAA investigation. And uh, we'll see, maybe in a few months, who knows about the timetable here, if uh, those uh, proactive actions from almost two years ago are really going to help Arizona State and get, um, I'm not going to say a slap on the wrist, but maybe uh, a less severe uh, volume of sanctions.
0: Our guest is Hode Rabino, Devil's Digest. Uh, he is the longest-tenured beat reporter on the Arizona State Beat. Now, Hode, I want to talk some basketball with you. Will you stick around for another segment and talk a little bit about Bobby Hurley and what's going on in the Pac-12 with basketball? Absolutely, John. More with Hode Rubino next.
1: Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game.
0: Our guest is uh, the premier reporter on the Arizona State Beat. Uh, he, works, he is the publisher and works covering Arizona State football, basketball, all things Arizona State. Hode Rubino with us, nice enough to stick around for a second segment. Uh, before we get into the basketball, just a general sentiment on the football schedule, thumbs up, thumbs down from Arizona State fans, or is it somewhere in between?
1: I think maybe the some respects, John, it is somewhere in between because even though folks knew that this eight home game schedule was coming, they did not like uh, the, the fact that it was uh, front-loaded with so many home games in September, where, as you know, uh, it's not exactly Chamber of Commerce weather uh, over here in Tempe. But uh, I think uh, for a team that's really in rebuilding mode, if they can really capitalize on that plethora of home games uh, in in September and build some positive momentum, I think uh, it's something that, that they really can help uh, down the road. So... Uh, if fans have any caveat, maybe that's the caveat uh, that they have. But I think ultimately they realize that uh, when you have a murder's row of a schedule in November at Utah, at UCLA and hosting Oregon, if you can uh, really build up uh, some games in the W column in September and October, uh, you can withstand what should be a very challenging November, especially for a program that with with a brand new coaching staff and just about 40 newcomers on the roster.
0: I'm looking at the basketball standings, and I don't want to say it's a surprise because Bobby Hurley's a good coach, and yeah, Arizona State has been good in recent years, but felt like he was coaching for his job a little bit this season. How has he performed in your eyes? And and they have a big game tonight against UCLA.
1: I think, John, what really differentiates uh, this uh, Bobby Hurley team uh, from the last few years, which were extremely uh, uh, disappointing in back-to-back losing seasons, is that, first of all, Hurley – did realize that locker room chemistry really has to trump almost everything else. And he realizes that he really had a lot of locker room cancers, which I know is maybe one of the worst cliches in sports, but nonetheless, that is something that definitely manifested itself in every adverse way uh, imaginable for for Arizona State in the last two seasons. So when uh, he uh, went to to the transfer portal, he uh, just made sure that, aside from the raw X's and O's elements there of one player or another, that their personality is going to be one that's really going to mesh uh, really well uh, with, with the rest of the locker room. And I really like the fact that uh, three of the transfers, uh, two of them are brothers, uh, Des- Desmond and Devin and, uh, Cambridge, you know, they came from different programs. And the third uh, player, uh, so, uh, Senator Warren Washington, and you probably remember, played for Oregon State when he started out his, uh, his college career. Uh, actually was a teammate of Desmond Cambridge in Nevada and by default knew his brother Devin uh, really well. So it's almost as if he had that built-in cohesiveness with three of the transfers that, that that came in. So, again, I can't speak enough for the great job uh, Hurley did in that regard. The other job is finally playing defense. I mean, I know a lot of folks uh, love the uh, Guard U team of 2017-2018 that went undefeated in, in non-conference play but then in Pac-12 uh, slate. Uh, finished, I believe, was eighth, eighth, or ninth in the conference. Uh, just squeaked in on, on on selection Sunday. And Bobby Hurley, for most of his career in it, Tempe, really, really has not been known to uh, to really produce good defensive teams. And this year, I think he's, he finally uh, turned the corner. I think part of it is going back to the player selection, but another part, and you know Bobby Hurley will be the first one to say that, is that his right hand man, uh, Jermaine Kimbrough. Has really been able to effectively instill a, a, a very strong defensive unit in Tempe ever since the season started. I mean, Arizona State has been the top five, sometimes the top three, defensive teams in the Pac-12, and that's really uncharted territory on steroids when you talk about Arizona State basketball. So I think those two aspects have worked very, very well for for Bobby Hurley, and the uh, team right now uh, second in the Pac-12, 15 and three record uh, overall uh, is really an absolute direct byproduct of uh, all the efforts that he put in in the preseason assembling this team.
0: How big would a win over UCLA feel for Arizona State men's basketball, Bobby Hurley's future, his contract status, all of that?
1: Yeah, I think absolutely it's going to be a a statement game uh, without a doubt. Uh, Arizona State uh, just a few weeks ago uh, played another top five team, their in-state rival Arizona. Uh, it definitely was a, a, a tale of a tale of two halves, where um, ASU, as unfortunately have done many times this year, uh, really uh, put themselves in at a hole at halftime. And even though uh, I think I think maybe they're uh, five and one or six and one uh, in uh, halftime uh, deficit comeback wins uh, against a team like U of a, that that doesn't always work all that well. Even though uh, they did, I think, uh, bring back the deficit to, to only two points until they pretty much ran out of gas. But even in that second half against U of A, uh, Arizona State, at least at that point, held the uh, University of Arizona to the lowest second half point total. I think believe it was, a, believe it was a 24 points. So now when you got UCLA, you got a team that's just as good as Arizona, may, maybe even better, judging by the latest results over there of, of the Wildcats. Now you want to see ASU, can they play that, that complete game against not only the best team in the Pac-12, but I maybe mean, one, one of the best teams in the country, um, you know period so uh it's great that Arizona state is doing very well um overall this year but when you look at the three losses one loss is to Arizona which I guess you can understand uh you know at least back then the you know they were a top five team themselves and the other two losses are uh, really head scratching um at San francisco a 37 point uh, out loss and early on in the season they an overtime lost to the to Texas southern Texas southern I'm sorry so basically uh you, you really need to show that um, this uh, record that you have to date is not all smoke and mirrors. And trust me, there are folks, not only nationally, but even here locally, that are really uh, questioning, is Arizona State as good as the record shows? A win against uh, UCLA uh, can, can definitely be a statement. And I don't know if so much of Bobby Hurley is really on the hot seat, but maybe really to cement uh, even more uh, his uh, stature with the program and really show that, again, he is able to take this program to new new heights that he hasn't been able to take it so far. I think I a think win against UCLA can definitely do that. But I told folks today, I said, look, uh, even if you win against UCLA, you need to come off that high really quickly because USC is a darn talented team and you're playing them just uh, 40 hour to 48 hours later. So I know a split, uh, if it's a win against UCLA and a loss against USC, won't be all bad news, but uh, if some some way, somehow, ASU can sweep the L.A. schools uh, this weekend, uh, it's actually going to be uh, one of those uh, moments that you can look back to maybe five years from now and say, yep, yeah, this is when Bobby Hurley really and it really took his program to, to a whole different level and maybe to a level that the fan base has been yearning for uh, ever since uh, Bobby Hurley was hired.
0: At most, most college campuses in the Pac-12 football drives the bus. Is basketball mm-hmm. right now threatening to kind of – Take center stage with, with, you know, especially if they win tonight against UCLA, and as you said, go into this USC game on Saturday. I got to think it's going to be rocking.
1: Yeah, I, I think that um, you know ASU is still going to be a football school, uh, you know, for, for years and years to come. But Bobby Graham has definitely proven, uh, even earlier in his career at Arizona State, that when he produces good teams, when he produces NCAA tournament teams, uh, the fans will definitely show up. But uh, he did have uh, back back to back years where we averaged 10,000 fans in attendance. And aside from Arizona and maybe UCLA, there really wasn't any program that really reached those numbers. So I think the excitement concerning the program is definitely there. I mean, I'm expecting at least 10,000, maybe even close to 12,000 when they do play UCLA. So I don't know if it's really gonna surpass football, but football right now is in a stage where, you know, it's a long offseason. Sure, there's some excitement, and maybe the excitement is going to grow a little more in March when, when, when they have spring practice, but there's, there's really no games to point to. There's really no highlight films under Kenny Dillingham that, that you can just play over and over and over in, 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 in social media. Basketball is really more the here and now excitement, which, again, I wouldn't say surpass football, but I think that uh, the game against UCLA is definitely going to be an excellent opportunity, an opportunity that I think is going to be materialized when you can see the community really coming out in droves and uh, and, and, and supporting ASU. I mean, I've been covering the team since uh, uh, 2000, and I remember the, the James the James Harden years where even they had a, a random game in the NIT that, 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 that was sold out with uh, 14,000 fans. So uh, I don't think it's out of the question at all that uh, it's going to be a great support for Arizona State, but they just really have to show that they can get get over the hump and really start beating the big boys uh, in the Pac-12, especially when the game is is on campus.
0: Hode Rubino, I appreciate your expertise. Keep doing what you're doing. For people listening, at Devil's Digest on Twitter. Hode, thanks for joining us.
1: Always a pleasure, John.
0: Really good stuff from Hode Rubino. Uh, Enjoyed that interview. For people who are interested in Pac-12 basketball, Arizona State and Bobby Hurley, they got it going, but can they beat UCLA tonight? This conference is a little messy right now. I want you to leave it locked in. We have so much more ahead on this great Thursday.
1: We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face.
0: sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.